The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thinking Sideways is not supported by Aperture Science. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. Insufficient data for formulation of What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, joined as always by... Devin. And... Steve. And if you are not familiar with us, every week we get together and solve another really cool mystery. Hmm. Right? Or try solve. to. No, we yeah. solve them. Oh yeah, we solve them. Yeah. I mean, we solve them. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Get on, we man. Just, yeah, either we uh, use our amazing powers of ratiocination to deduce the answers, or we just... That was a really big word that I don't understand, so let's just go. Yeah, or we just torture the data until it confesses. But, you know, one way or the other, we get our answer. Okay, let's talk we're about this company. week's okay. mystery. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the Cyclops. Wait. And by that, I don't mean the huge hairy dude with an eyeball on his forehead. Was the Cyclops hairy? Um, I thought he depends was on the version. Dude. Yeah, there were a lot of different versions mm. of Cyclops. You're, are, you're thinking of the Sinbad version, mm-hmm. the old 60s movie or 70s yeah. movie? Yeah. No, not yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sinbad. That's only one of them. Mm. Yeah, Odysseus uh, actually had to deal with the Cyclops. That's right, actually, that's the one yeah. she's yeah. talking about. Yeah, and he uh, he was kind of clever about it. He just poked his eye out. Yeah. After that, he was kind of, the Cyclops <laughs> was, was kind of at his mercy. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of pulled the three stooges <laughs> on yeah. him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about our Cyclops. Different one. Uh, mm. We're talking about the USS Cyclops. 
which some of you may may have heard about. Uh, this was a huge deal way, way back in the day when it happened, and then it sort of went away, and then it sort of made a comeback as mysteries go. Yeah, it kind of did. There's a reason for that. I'll, I'll explain that in a little bit. But the Cyclops was a coal-carrying ship that was built for the U.S. Navy uh, in the early 19th century. I think it was actually launched in 1910, uh, but it didn't get commissioned into the Navy till 1917. But on March 4th, 1918, the USS Cyclops left Barbados for Baltimore, Maryland, with uh, 306 crew and passengers on board and a load of manganese ore, and it vanished. What? Without a trace. What? It disappeared. Yep. Zip. Was it, was, it, was it near Bermuda by any chance? Yeah, they, did, they did go through the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. As a matter of fact, there were a lot of people theorizing about that. But yeah, there was no radio distress call. Uh, no wreckage at all was ever found. Not even an oil slick on the water. They searched for it. Ever? Ever. Mm. Well, somebody did claim in 1920 to have found the wreckage of a lifeboat mm. that had U.S. Like US Cyclo stenciled on it he claimed mm. but that's some, that's obviously a boat called the cyclo and not yeah. the cyclops yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> missing some letters yeah uh but yeah it's the thing about it is, is it's a it was a large ship 542 feet long yeah, it's pretty big. big the big ship and mm. uh a ship that size doesn't just sink you know i mean it takes a while mm-hmm. usually I mean, I mean the titanic which was even bigger of course but it had a catastrophic collision catastrophic damage and it still took hours to sink mm-hmm. and yet this thing sank so quickly or else it was beamed up to a spaceship it it seems to have if it sunk sunk so quickly nobody got a chance to run to the radio and mm-hmm. hit the help button mm-hmm. yeah or launch the lifeboats mm-hmm. or anything anything like that yeah, yeah so that's where the mystery is and, uh, and normally at this point in the story I'd stop and thank somebody for suggesting it but <laughs> But actually, there was no suggestion, uh, so I had to put on my internet boots and go out and find this mystery myself. Oh, my God. Yeah, Honest yeah. work. Yeah, and, and oh. it was on a page with the heading, 10 Mysterious Disappearances So Creepy You'll Wet Your Pants. I actually think and I've I... watched that YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and i got to tell you, I mean, I, um, I spent more time perusing pages like this. I think I've seen every single page that has a heading like this, 10 Mysterious Murders or 10, mm-hmm. 10 yeah. Mysterious. I've seen every single one of them. This I is think. pretty creative, though. Uh, to wet your pants? Yeah, to yeah. wet your pants. Pants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was another yeah. one that's like, you will soil your drawers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some variation yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's true. Like we've talked about, I watch the, we watch those videos at my house on YouTube. And I think we've kind of hit a point where I'm like, have we seen this one? And he's like, yeah, like five times. And I'm like, well, it's less than most of them. So let's watch this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. I mean, they're good fodder, but, you know, at this point, we've covered a lot of them. Yeah, we really have. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we're going to have to start making stuff up here pretty (gasps) quick. Uh, The disappearance of the Cyclops was a pretty big deal at the time. I think for uh, well over 10 years, it was uh, all kinds of articles were being written, tons of speculation. And a lot of theories have been floated, ranging from uh, a giant octopus. Awesome. uh Bermuda Triangle shenanigans. uh, Mutiny, murder, treason, (laughs) U-boats. You are just handing it down Cargo shifting. (laughs) Jeez. I stopped after the second one. I realized Mm. I didn't have anything else. (laughs) Yeah. All right, back to it. You guys be serious now. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to go back to the beginning. Uh, The Cyclops was one of four ships built for the Navy uh, in a very limited class. It was called the Proteus class. Uh, and they were built to haul coal for refueling U.S. warships because this was before the transition to oil. 
And so, and that's a that's a big problem in war when you run on coal is uh-huh. delivering coal. Uh huh. Yeah. If you don't have fuel, your warships can't fight war. They can't do a what? hell of a lot, believe it or not. Yeah. That's not how it works. It is. So you basically have to have a big. You got to get a big tanker. Yeah. Of the that. seas to to run around and deliver coal to everybody. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's what they did. Obviously, it's better these days. We have nuclear reactors and fun stuff like that. Oh yeah, because yeah. those are so much better. Mm. Yeah. Or as uh, the captain of my cruise ship used to say, they just have an electric cord yeah. that <laughs> plugs in in Miami yeah, huh? and just and goes just along go the far. floor. Yeah, I mean, the, ocean. the Bahamas aren't that far. Yeah, uh-huh. the floor yeah. of the ocean. Yeah, you can buy those away. that long of extension cord at like the Home Depot or yeah. something, you right? Just, you know, or Lowe's? Together. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> remember when you plug them together, though, uh-huh. they tie a knot so well, they Well, that's don't... what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and also... Rep- is, that not, is that not true? Was he lying to me? Um, lying. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't lying to you. Uh, oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the uh, other ships in the class were named Proteus, Jupiter, and Nereus. Uh, and a fun fact, every ship in this class came to a bad end. Yeah, this was not a good design. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, the, the Cyclops displaced 19,670 tons. That's loaded. So it was a big ship. I'll also mention the captain of the Cyclops because he was kind of a character, and he figures in a few of the theories about mm. what happened yeah. to the Cyclops. Uh, his name was George Worley. He was German by birth and rumored, rumored to be pro-German. And did I mention this was during World War One? I? I think he did, but yeah, yeah. Good to know. I mean, you mentioned the year, but some of us don't like automatically. Yeah, click yeah. in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Worley was not his original name, but more on that later. Uh, but Ooh. as far as the Navy knew, he was George Worley, and he had been born in San Francisco at this point in time. They found out So their background later. checks were maybe not the best. Not really. Okay. No, no. Uh, but Captain Worley was not well-liked by his crew. He had some strange habits, apparently, like walking around in his long underwear, wearing a bowler hat, oh. carrying a cane. Is that not a thing that people like? I, I guess people thought it was weird. I, I guess know. I'll go put some clothes on. Hold on a yeah. second. <laughs> Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, I don't know if he did that all the time. But... I have... I have a feeling that the bowler hat long underwear instance mm-hmm. was at one of the times that he was medicinally taking sherry uh-huh. in great quantities. Yeah. Medicinally taking sherry. I got to yeah. get a prescription He did. That. Actually, he, he defended himself once in court by saying, the crew get upset because I take sherry for medicinal reasons. Well, he was known for being drunk and disorderly. Yeah, well, that's what the crew accused him of, but actually he said uh, in in the, the the hearing about this, he said that he had to he had had berry berry apparently previously and he still had problems associated with that and so he had to take a couple of different medicines to come to come Wait, back this to is problems. spoilers. Wait, spoilers. Yeah. Cuz right the crew disappeared forever. Yeah. Right. Well, everybody disappeared. Everybody disappeared. Everybody disappeared forever. Yeah. So, like, why? How did they do an interview with him? This is oh, all this pre- is previous. The voyage that the oh. ship disappears on. Yeah, this happened. Got in, it. This, this happened in August. I was like, excuse me, spoilers. What yeah, do you yeah. mean you came back? Yeah, yeah. They all came yeah. back from the dead. But this that... is like that guy recently who got caught drunk driving a truck and said, "No, I have that disease where my body metabolizes food as alcohol." Uh-huh. <laughs> or like, I mean, that's a thing. People do have that. There thing. are people that have that. But I maybe like if you have that, maybe don't be a truck driver. Yeah, that's it. That's not a, not a good excuse. Right? 
Yeah. 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 It's similar to me. That would be, I mean, it, in a way, no. that would be a really cool disease to have. But at the same time, it would be, it would kind it of would interfere suck. with things. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would, but no, this yeah. guy, he was he was not liked by his crew at all. No, he was not all. like, oh, no. But yeah. anyway, back to the, the sherry. He didn't take the sherry for medicinal purposes. But apparently the stuff that he had to take uh, for his symptoms was so foul that he had to mix it in with alcohol to make it more palatable. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. So that was his, his big excuse. And apparently that was enough to get him by. But he still loved to chew people out. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Like to chew people out. Uh, he apparently sometimes got kind of violent. At the official board of inquiry in August 1917, 40 crewmen had signed a petition accusing him of being drunk, foul-mouthed, and unfit for command. Uh, they, they accused him of chasing an ensign named J.J. McCain around the boat with a pistol at one time. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, he was an interesting character. And this, of course, was sort of after the fact, after the disappearance. But the U.S. Council in Barbados, and a guy named Charles Livingston, wrote a telegram to the State Department that there had been a, quote, disturbance, unquote, on the ship before it had arrived in Barbados, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps a mutiny. And he said that the men had been confined to quarters and that one had been executed. Although that's... On the ship? Well, he, there, it, it's, it appears that there might have been a little confusion about that. They took on five prisoners in Rio. Oh yeah, and, and and three of those had been uh, three of those had been accused of committing murder on another U.S. warship. I see. They were being taken back, and one of them was to be executed. Uh, he'd already apparently been convicted by a navy board, I think, and so he was to be executed. So that might be where the confusion set mm, in. Well, I don't. But, I don't think that Worley actually executed. Anybody. No, no, I don't know that Worley executed anybody. But you and I, Joe, were talking about this earlier. Some stuff I had found was that this was not the first time that Worley had been in hot water. And there yeah. had been, if we're saying that this was a, a, would we call what was going on here? This was a complaint, not a mutiny, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there had evidently been a, a, a mutiny slash complaint at sea, whatever you want to call it, and somebody had been beheaded under his command on the boat, and he was never fingered for being the one who committed the act. But it was believed that it was at his direction, uh-huh. whether that was directly saying cut his head off or indirectly. So, like, he he really was kind of a tyrant. And people died under his command. He was, he was, mm-hmm. yeah. he was a bit of a nutter. Yeah, it sounds like. Although, in his, in his defense, he was in a tough position because he was running a big ship that had a crew of, like, 236. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Almost everybody in his crew was young and inexperienced. I mean, because they, there was so much recruitment they were going all on reserved. because of the war. Yeah, they I mean, weren't they weren't regular navy men. So I, I will give you that. I right can there. understand. They were reservists yeah. who didn't who just suddenly got called up because of, because the, war of the war. Yeah. and shoved onto this boat. And so, from Worley's point of view, he's an experienced captain, and everybody under him is kind of inexperienced and incompetent. I mm-hmm. mean, I can imagine his frustration. Yeah. At some oh, of yeah. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I guess it's also you know plausible that. The crews that he would have been used to working with would have been used to taking orders. Uh-huh. And maybe if you're just kind of a young reserve guy, you're not so used to that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when your captain says, do this, and you're like, well, I don't know, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. You know, versus like, yes, sir, well, you know, whatever, sir. I mean, yeah. you, know, you see that in jobs, too, sometimes. Well, and if you're, if you're hauling a, you're a coal ship, mm-hmm. all you do is run around and haul coal. That is a wet, dirty, cruddy, unforgiving job. Yeah. yeah it wouldn't Tensions be are going to run high. Not the most glamorous job in the Navy, although on the plus side, 
you're not right in the midst, in the heat of battle all the time. That's true. So that yeah, would be, there's, that would be, there's a benefit right there. I mean, you're still in a little bit of danger because obviously you're a viable target. Mm-hmm. Somebody might just decide to sink you because obviously if you deprive the, war, the battleships of their coal, then hey, yeah, that that accomplishes something right yeah, there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's get back to our story. Uh, let's talk about their final mission. And of course, it wasn't supposed to be their final mission. It just no. turned it just out that ended way. Up being, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was to uh, leave the Chesapeake Bay, go to the South Atlantic, to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, to fuel British warships. And the plan was that they would pick up a load of manganese ore to take back to the United States. Sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, they left Rio, apparently. And there's, there's a little bit of confusion about this, where they whether they picked it up in Rio or they picked it up in Bahia, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the most, most of the, the things that I see say they picked it up in Rio. Uh, 11,000 tons, which, by the way, is more than the ship was designed to carry. I've, yeah, they're, they're carrying a higher load than rated for. Yeah, yeah. What were they, how much more? Uh, I have heard anywhere between 8,000 and 9,600. So a yeah. fair amount. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 9,600 yeah, 9, tons. And so, yeah, they're well over. So that's yeah. anywhere yeah. from 10 to 20% more than they were supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, not talking, yeah, we're not talking like just a, a mere 100 tons. More. Yeah, not a couple yeah, yeah. shovelfuls no, too much. Yeah. Okay, no, got substantial it. substantial amount. Also, they took on 73 passengers who were mm-hmm. sailors and marines from the South Seas. Who are also equivalent to about 100 tons. Yeah, when you, when you <laughs> no. think about all those guys and, guys all, the and extra, gear. all the extra food yeah. and water that you're going to have to feed them with. So the they're pretty so that overburdened. Some weight, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then they sailed to, sailed to uh, Bahia, Brazil. And I'm not sure why they went there, if they were, if, but they went there. Because uh, why wouldn't you? Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, you're in Brazil. Let's go have some fun. You know, yeah, you're in Brazil. Your you're on a boat with a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. Fleet Week's a thing. I'm <laughs> 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 just saying. <laughs> It's a thing. I, mean, I got to find out if that Martin Mull. So you ever heard Men by Martin Mull? Nope. Uh, so they departed for Baltimore February 22nd, 1918. Uh, and by the way, the starboard engine was out. Uh, they had a cracked cylinder head. Which meant that they, the, it, it, when you only have one screw, that's going to greatly reduce your speed. And oh, it was, yeah. It was only able to do, what, 230 miles a day, I think that equates. It was like 200, 235 miles a day. Yeah, so... And that wasn't something that could have been fixed in Brazil? Uh, apparently, they uh, they looked at it there, and they, and they decided to, that it should go back, Cyclops should go back to the U.S. to be repaired. I so, believe it was a cracked piston? Is that I've right? heard it's a cracked cylinder. I've heard it was a or cracked a crack manifold, mm. or not manifold. So maybe something that they needed head. to be in dry dock for. Yeah. And that you wouldn't, you'd have yeah. to offload all of the. You wouldn't cargo. just weld it together. They well, probably bring in a whole new piece. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it required actual engine replacement. I mean, it's possible if it's just like a cylinder head, they might have mm-hmm. just been able to replace it without even dry docking it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. But I doubt that they had that custom part. They probably in didn't Rio. have it. And, right. And it might have, might well have been too that uh, the navy was in a hurry to get their manganese, which is also fair. Effort. And so they decided rather than you know waiting, we'll just send them to sea with one motor, or excuse me, one engine only. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is always a great idea, personally. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. It didn't work out. Let's see. Let's see. It didn't work out for the Surcouf. Uh, it didn't work out for the Joy I think historically <laughs> it has just not worked out yeah. for anybody, really. Yeah it, just, yeah. yeah, it really doesn't always work out. More often than not, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Uh, the Cyclops made an uns- unscheduled stopover in Bridgetown, Barbados. Uh, again, I mentioned Charles Livingston, the consul before. Uh, consul general, maybe? Consul, consul yeah. general, yeah. Uh, in Barbados, uh, Worsley told him that the, he needed 600 tons of coal uh, and he also needed more supplies. Wait. 
Sorry, weren't they transporting things they, that fueled boats? Yeah, they transported coal down, and they and they offloaded on a, on, a, on a other ships. And so, they didn't you know, have any. Okay, yeah, right. They presumably, had just presumably they kept a little in reserve for their own engines. They should have. Yeah, because they also. But he, apparently, which is weird, also because they were only feeding. They were feeding half the engines they would have normally been feeding, right? Mm-hmm, so it yeah. seems like they would have extra. Yeah, I know. Livingston okay. was suspicious sure. about that because he thought that they they should well, have. Well, how many? Had, do you know? I, enough. I didn't look this up, Joe. How many boilers did this ship have? Do you know? You know, I don't know. I'm sure at least two, if not four. Yeah, that's what I... I mean, I never saw that in any of the stuff. No, I never did either. I mean, still, they shouldn't have... You would think they would not... Devin brings up a great point. You wouldn't burn but half of what you normally do. Mm-hmm. Even if you're running that boiler at full tilt, you wouldn't be burning the normal daily amount. Probably not. Although, I don't know. I mean, it, it might be that... You can run all, all the boilers and just direct all that all that energy to one engine and get extra poop out of it. You know? Yeah, or, I mean, it could be that they that one screw can take that much torque. I don't know. Yeah, I, but so Livingston was suspicious, and I don't know if he was suspicious at the time or if this is just in retrospect but after the disappearance. At some point, he I'm gonna was guess retrospect. suspicious. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, the... Uh, but they took on uh, like a ton of meat, a ton of flour, half a ton of vegetables. So they are just continually and... adding more and more weight. Well, yeah. presumably, is... though, if they're taking on all of that stuff, that means that they're out of a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? They've used a lot of that. Presumably. Presumably. They're replacing. Yeah. Presumably. Theoretically. <laughs> Presumably, but, but, but maybe Ostensibly. not. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk a little bit more about... Charles Livingston and his suspicions in a bit here. Okie doke. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, as I said before, uh, the Cyclops departed Bridgetown on March 4th with 306 crewmen, officers, and passengers. And just for you nitpickers out there, I know this number varies among different accounts. Some people have it at 309. Uh, well, you see it swing so, 20 people in either direction, ballpark. Yeah. yeah uh, it's all over it's the map. It's also possible they just don't know. For sure. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, they left uh, with all these a whole bunch of people, over three hundred people, and it was never seen again. Uh, the last contact was it, the Cyclops made radio contact, according to one source that I, that I found, with a passenger liner called the Vestris on March fifth. Uh, and They reported good weather. That's and a day later. That's a day later, and that was the last anybody heard of the Cyclops. Although it's possible it's been seen since then, because in 1968, a Navy... Well, there was... But no, Joe, there was actually one other supposed sighting oh, of it yeah, not too long after that. Yeah, you're talking about the molasses tanker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That thing, that appears to not be true, though. No. Molasses tanker. A molasses tanker. It was yeah. obviously Canadian. I was going to say, was it slow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow, very no, slow. No, there was there was a, a ship that said that it saw it off of the northeastern U.S. coast. And it was a Canadian molasses But it, yeah. there's no way that it could have made it there in enough time. I guess I so didn't I just, realize I want to make that... sure that we're covering all our bases of that's yeah. not the only report. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it, a I lot was just of... going to keep making fun I know. That's why I didn't stop. Okay. Because yeah. it was slow going. Yeah, it's, it's called the Amolco. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. I knew the Canadian joke was going to come. I guess I just didn't realize that there was such a demand that they had to put tankers full of molasses to float them down the river and see. I kind of like the idea. I do, too. (laughs) I think it's kind of cool. It's the tanker of molasses heading to the tanker of flapjacks. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's kind of like that, how uh, peanut butter cups got invented, you know? 
I mean, so there's a there's a guy and there's a guy in a car with this, this scarfing peanut butter. There's a guy uh-huh. speeding along yes, in another car, scarfing down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're and way then, And then there's a policeman standing at the bloody wreckage, and he reaches in there and tastes it, and it's like, wow, this is awesome. Bang, bang! Yeah. Okay, where was I? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, it, but it may have been seen, actually, in 1968. A Navy diver named Dean Haas was diving about 40 nautical miles northeast of Cape Charles, uh, and this was actually during the search for the Scorpion, which I've mentioned. So Cape Charles, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you know what the Chesapeake Bay is, you can Google that, uh, which in Baltimore is on the Chesapeake Bay, way up in the north end of the bay. And there's this long peninsula uh, that's part Maryland, part Delaware, the part v- Virginia. The, the bay is kind of V-shaped and yeah, widens as it heads south. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, this, this peninsula is called Delmarva, because uh, my brother used to live in Maryland, so we t- took a little tour of Delmarva. It's kind of interesting, actually. But uh, anyway, at the very, very tip of that peninsula, uh, just northeast of Norfolk, Virginia, that is Cape Charles. Okay. So... And so it was 40 nautical miles northeast. So they missed their target by a little bit. If, <laughs> a if little. what, you're, if what yeah. we're about to talk about is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was indeed the Cyclops. Uh, back to our diver, Dean Hawes. He was diving at about 180 feet of, of water. Uh, and he found this wreck of a really strange ship. And he went down and he, he actually wound up, he stood on the, the bow of the ship and looked at it. Uh, the bridge of the ship was raised up on steel stilts, and it had this strange superstructure, which was described in a 1973 newspaper article as, quote, upright beams running its length resembling the skeleton of a skyscraper, unquote. Which really, uh, if any of you have looked at the picture of the Cyclops, I didn't, by the way, talk about how weird the Cyclops looked. No, we, we, we didn't. We, we didn't, didn't really talk we about that. We're falling down on the job here. Yeah, we kind of are, yeah. Because it did uh, look real weird. Uh, it did. And if you got this off of our website or whatever, you've seen the picture, so you know how weird it looks, but, or looked. Uh, well, then, let's give it to let's give him that in a sec. Let's okay, tell, yeah. finish about this diver guy though. Oh, yeah. it's interesting. Well, yeah. Uh, so Dean Hawes didn't know what he was looking at at the time, uh, but like some years later, like five years later or something like that, he read an article about it in a magazine, and there was a picture of the Cyclops in there. When he saw the picture, he was like, "Oh wow, that's the boat or that's the ship, I guess that I saw in the Atlantic." And uh, so he went to the Navy with his suspicions, and uh, eventually in 1973, he convinced them to reopen the search. And they did do some searching, but they didn't find the wreckage. So, so sorry. But, uh, Boo. Yeah, I know. And he eventually teamed up with Clive Cussler. I think this was 1983. And do you know who Clive Cussler is? Yeah. If you don't know who Clive Cussler is, he writes these sort of adventure kind of pulpy novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of, he had a recurring character named Dirk Pitt. I love that name, Dirk Pitt. Uh, and uh, I've read actually two of his books. And actually, I thought that they were, even though they were pretty absurd, they were actually fun. Well, I, you know, I, I that's see why, why he's yeah. been writing for as long as he's been writing. Yeah, no, I see why he's. I see why he's got a you know best selling fan base because his stuff is fun. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a it, lot of authors out there like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's there just, are. yeah, totally unbelievable, but still a lot of fun. So. Oh yeah, Coons. Yeah. Yeah. Primary candidate. Yeah, Coons. Yeah. Kind uh, of fun. Sue Grafton. 
also uh, yeah. with the yeah. ABC murders. Yeah. Mm. Like great beach reads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we, oh, we, yeah, we, we to... never we never explained the, the, the structure of this shit. Yeah, what the structure yeah. Oh, no, just this will be finished up with, with, with Clive oh, Kessler. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize we were done. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, Clive Kessler, besides writing this stuff, he is really interested in you know, a lot of his stuff is sort of ocean based and, oh. and, and uh, he's really interested in finding wrecks. Mm. And he actually he actually found the Hunley. Which so you guys know what the, Hun- no. the Hunley is, right? That one doesn't ring a bell. The Hunley was a submarine built by the the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And, oh yes, yeah, 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 I do remember this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hunley. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, it was most notably the, the most thing it was good at killing was its own crew. Because, <laughs> but but uh, the Hunley was basically the first, uh, or at least one of the first submarines. And it really was just a ship with a structure built around the top of it that sank a couple of a couple oh, of no, feet below the water. Wasn't you're thinking it? about you're thinking about like the Monitor, or the Merrimack. Uh, that two? might be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Hunley was a little different. It was actually cylindrical with tapered ends. Oh, okay. And um, oh. Kind of it's like a folded piece of paper. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, uh, uh, and it had, uh, it had. I can't remember how many crew. I think half a dozen, and basically they sat inside this tube, and just cranked uh, these, these cranks to turn the screw, and then uh, at the front of it. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, and at the, at the front of it there was a, the torpedo. A torpedo it turned out was not a great design because mm-hmm. it was a long pole with a big a big powder charge, black powder charge on the end of it. And so they would go run up to a ship and and ram the ship and it would, the the, tar, the charge would go off and then, but and they'd then, be stuck but then they would be stuck yeah. to the ship <laughs> and oh, they would go down with the ship <laughs> so it didn't really work out that well but, and it but, was I mean there's pictures right where it's like a dude standing next to it you know and it's it's smaller than he is yeah it's it, not a huge design. it's a very small vessel right it's, yeah yeah I would I I couldn't even get into something like that yeah. uh, you know I mean I I would the claustrophobia would overwhelm yeah, me bad. you know and much less go underwater yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no way uh but anyway that's so, so he that's, found that though, yeah he did. helped find that yeah I he did say. he was part of the effort to find that which is pretty cool now do we want to talk about the ship oh yeah let's let's get back to talking about the ship so it, to facilitate uh loading coal on other ships they had this superstructure that was basically a lot of it was kind of like a, a box, like a skeletonized box. There were like vertical, uh, vertical steel posts on either side, and then cross members, and then they had these cranes that could they could either move it by bags of coal, or else they could scoop coal out and and dump it into the holds of other ships with these with these cranes. And so they had like a whole bunch of cranes on this thing. And so was this the this was I know that the the Cyclops was the collier. Was this its was this the standard design, or was this a kind of a new design i don't know enough about this uh line of vessels to even uh, to guess yeah I, I i to tell you the truth i don't know how many colliers were built with this particular design Just okay the, the, the class of four i know had well it, that's but, i knew that and, much but i'd never i'd never heard of anything that was this way so that's why i was wondering if it was unique uh, if the class was unique that way i don't know how unique this class was to be honest with you okay. something i should have checked on actually I, it, it I, really yeah. It's hard to say, but yeah. okay, yeah. No, Sorry, it's, it's, so it's got a whole bunch yeah. of uprights. Uh, yeah, it's got this whole big superstructure. Yeah, this whole big huge superstructure that's like the, like a frame, like the framework of a building almost. And yeah. then they've got all these cranes and stuff to to move coal back and forth. And actually, that's considered. Well, we'll talk about that later, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I well. don't. I don't want to get too far ahead. I just yeah. I knew we needed to explain that, and we screwed up and didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did mention, of course, that a guy named Donald Fraser 
did find uh, what looked like the wreckage of a lifeboat from the USS Cyclo. It has nothing to do with ours. Uh, but that's it. I mean, that's possible if this guy was telling the truth. But he also said that he spotted the sunken hull of a ship about 2,000 yards away. And this was in, uh, this was on Gun Key in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas. Mm, uh, yeah. Not exactly. Yeah. And so the sunken hull of a ship about 2,000 yards off of the key. And I'm not sure what to make of this because this would be way far off of the Cyclops' course. Well, that I was going to ask. Did he spot this ship below or above water? Under the water. Was he above or below water when he spotted it? He was above. He was in a boat. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm not sure what to make of that. Uh, I, would, it, I would imagine that it would have been spotted again since then if he... Well, yeah, and uh, uh, it's not there now. Uh, yeah. It would have been. It would have had to have been in pretty shallow water for him to spot it. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was asking. Yeah, and... You know, did... if he was diving, I could see where he could have made a, a significant depth, and that's why nobody had noticed it. Yeah, and apparently, uh, yeah, they went back... When they went back and looked... I don't know if the Navy went back and looked or whoever did, but uh, it wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, shipwrecks don't just move, right? No. Not really. No. They don't. No. Yeah, no, they're kind of, yeah. they go and they plunk themselves down in the sand and they're pretty much there. They kind of build roots. It'll yeah. take something pretty enormous to uproot mm-hmm. those things and move them. This like was an in octopus? The, this, this was in the 20s, right? This was in, yeah, February okay. 1920. I was going to say most of the Ks are keys, depending on what, if you're in the Bahamas or or uh, the United States are now owned by uh, cruise ships, uh-huh. by cruise liners. They're all owned. Oh, they're, they're all they? private. Yeah, most of those cases are. I did not are. know that. The ones in between, like, the main islands of the Bahamas and Miami, because they're good stop points oh, yeah. on the way back. That makes ah, sense. Um, so, yeah, sense. in, you know, looking up Gun K, it looks like it's it's probably owned by... It looks like it'd be one of those islands that's probably mm-hmm. owned by something else. But yeah. in the 1920s, it probably wasn't. But, you know, I was going to say if it was more recent, that seems like the sort of thing that a cruise ship company would haul away pretty quick. That would kind of get in, in the, the way. But in the 20s, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. So never mind. Yeah. My point is moot. Okay. Moot. Oh, where were we? So that's about the end of the story, really. Oh. Uh, now it's time for the theories. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay, these are all theories uh, which have been floated either at the time or since. Uh, and there's quite a few of them, yeah, actually. Yeah, well, there's a whole bunch here. Yeah, there really is. Okay, our first theory is that it was an octopod. Um, <laughs> Doctor Who, who <laughs> yeah, I'm sure no, you're familiar true. with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, he discovered that the Cyclops had been attacked by an octopod whose spacecraft had crashed in the Bermuda Triangle. Was This was the one, wasn't this the one that was the, oh no, that was the pirate ship one. Yeah, there have been there have been there's some a ton of nautical ones. Weird done. nautical yeah. ones, yeah. Uh, and I yeah. am ashamed as a Whovian to admit that I actually don't know what episode Joe's talking about. No, actually, I don't know either. I just stumbled across this. I on know, the internet. but you also don't love Doctor Who like I do. Oh, I, lo- I love Doctor Who. I just haven't watched it nearly as comprehensively yeah. as you have. But yeah. I still I still like Doctor Who. It's awesome, yeah. but. Yeah. Uh, and I got to well, get back yeah. into watching Doctor Who. Actually. Well, you picked the wrong time. But yeah, really. Yeah. I know because of Netflix and all <laughs> yeah. that. Damn them. <sighs> I know. Uh, okay, probably oh, anyway. not that though. So, I mean, either Doctor Who wouldn't lie about it, but uh, it turns out not. I don't know if you guys know this or not. I know this is blaspheme, but Doctor Who's not real. What? Shh! Don't tell anyone. Oh. Can you hear them yelling at us? Oh. What's the next one, Joe? We're going to be responsible for a lot of broken iPods. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Well, I was going to say the mystery is solved because Doctor Who's never wrong. No. Okay, fine. Uh, Let me me go to the next one. Uh, Somebody actually put out an account claiming this was true. uh, A giant octopus. Uh, You know, at the time that this happened, giant octopuses were 
responsible for everything. Oh, yeah. On the flip side, there are such a thing as giant octopuses. There are, um, but every ship that went down was taken down by a giant octopus and, who was angry for some reason. Yeah. And actually, by and by the way, although giant octopi do exist, I don't know that there's anything that could take down this ship. Yeah, uh, and I, I from can't underneath it. like that. Yeah. Just no. by grabbing it and, and sinking. I don't know. If it was severely overburdened already, it probably wouldn't take a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. The old octopus just, just takes throw one. throw one tentacle up. Yeah. And just pull and it, it down. And it just pulls it over. Yeah. And, you know, Everybody who's yeah. not in the studio, Devin just mimicked the sucker motion of an octopus. I made the noise, Grabbing too. something and pulling it. I made yeah. the noise, too. But they, didn't, then, they, they, they didn't see what was happening. They don't they know knew. this. They, they had good imagination. Yeah, well, the, the octopus probably didn't actually even care if he sunk the ship or not. He probably just wanted to turn it upside down and shake it so all the goodies would uh-huh. fall out and into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, numb, numb. It's beat. <laughs> so should we go to some... Oh, uh, yeah. And, but anyway, this, this did appear in a magazine called Literary digest yeah yeah okay. yeah sure. okay all right why not uh our next theory uh it was the bermuda triangle no no you don't next. like that uh, okay actually can uh, we talk about that for I, a do you want i to? wasn't i was actually heavily investigating this angle until i got a threatening note from the bermuda triangle <laughs> and uh i was just gonna say that it, it cracks me up all of the coverage that the bermuda triangle gets when a it's actually not a defined space yeah. And B, it is just a clever use of statistics. In other yeah. words, you're the one. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, goddammit. I, I have seen. I have seen maps of the Bermuda Triangle, dude. Okay, yeah. the no, Bermuda Triangle is a real thing. It just cracks me up that all of the reported sinkings and downings, and yet the number of things that go through that area are never talked about. Well, that's so exists. the math comes out to. Not that amazing. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. It's a pretty high. Right. It's a high traffic area. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So. Think of all the cruise ships that are running on the uh, the power cords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how oh, do they yeah. not get those tangled up? Well, listen, it's very complex. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is it a system of buoys? I can't. I can't explain it to you as it's like classified. somebody who's. It's very classified. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My memory, I think, was wiped. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not totally sure. Yeah. I don't remember that nine months of my life very well. What else is up here? <laughs> oh, uh, what are we looking at for uh, methane gas pockets? And uh, this theory has been floated for a while now. Um, ha! Yeah, ha ha. But apparently there are big pockets of methane gas in the seafloor. So we sometimes... talked about this in a different episode, didn't we? I think we did, but I can't remember which one. Can't either. Um, it would have been yeah the one. I think it was the Alring Medan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which now right? obviously wasn't right, but yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so the O-ring. Uh, I thought you were going to say more things, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, well, Yeah. anyway, so if you just happen to be sailing over that exact patch of water, well, it's kind of bad luck for you. Uh, apparently the density of the water drops so much that your ship loses buoyancy, and you just drop like a rock, and down you go. And this has actually been confirmed in tests. Some researchers actually built... Or required a large ship model, put it in a tank, released a bunch of methane underneath it, and it did go down. What changes the displacement is what it changes. Well, right. it changes the, the buoyancy, or excuse me, the, the density of the water becomes so much less that it's essentially you don't have enough buoyancy, you don't have buoyancy. to right. float in it. You but have ha- to be much wider to keep afloat. So yeah. the, the theory that that it could sink a ship 
has been proven, but has the theory that methane bubbles of this size actually exist and erupt in the sea frequently? That, has that, that been? That has never been established. Okay. Nobody's, you know, nobody's ever actually recorded any actual incidents of a ship So it is a theory like, okay, the methane gas bubbles burst in the ocean, yeah, presumably, yeah. but we don't have any records of it because, well, guess what? If we did have a record of it, that ship wouldn't have sunk and yeah, wouldn't have it, a record. It's, it probably happens on a frequent basis but they're not large enough. That's mm. that's the thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all in the size. Yeah, not the matter that it's happening or when it's happening, but yeah. it's in the concentration. Is Although what I is guess there. Oh, yeah. it wouldn't have to be that big. I mean, you know, really, all you need is a small, a smallish pocket. One, you know, something that's a fourth of the size of your ship. If your ship is overburdened already the front of it loses buoyancy, you're probably going to go you just down. You're taking on water. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So it wouldn't have to be that it was as large as the ship, right? But that's still a huge pocket. Oh, absolutely. That would be a lot of yeah. methane to be suddenly burping up from the seafloor. Oh, yeah. But I'm I, going I, back and forth on this I one. Kinda, I, I kind of like the idea of it, though. It's like not only are, are you losing buoyancy, but somebody on the bridge and is just lighting a cigarette at that exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Puts so, it out quite quickly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so you burn in sink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or right. someone's, like, sm- smelling around, like, who farted? Yeah. Uh, and why are we sinking? Uh, Gross. Yeah, yeah, that's what methane is. Uh, so, uh, but that's well, so that's a good theory, but it is uh, it's partially proven, right? A, a that good, it it could happen, but also we don't think that methane probably is. Probably not. Okay. It's like it's been proven in theory that it could happen, but again, it just doesn't appear to have ever actually happened in sure. real life. But sure. I, who knows? I mean, but we wouldn't have proof of it. We had wouldn't have proof, yeah, because this ship have, just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although generally speaking, when ships when ships go down, it's usually because of things like bad luck, bad weather, human error, mm-hmm. more things like that. Especially when they go down that fast. Yeah. 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 All right. Our next, our next theory, I've seen this one out there, and this theory is that the manganese ore in the hold was unstable and it exploded. What? Uh, yeah. Well, I, according to my research, manganese is actually pretty stable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know what that, I don't know who the hell came up with this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you guys have any thoughts on that? No. Yeah. No. Okay. No, dumb. Okay. Looking at this page of theories ahead of us, no. Yeah. There's better ones out there. If we needed to pad this episode, I'm I could pad <laughs> some stuff. But right we now, don't pad episodes. No, we're not padding it. You're right. I, I just didn't want to cheat our listeners. I want to. I found every last possible. <laughs> you sure theory. did. Yeah. And people people have put forth a lot of theories about mm-hmm. this. They really have. Uh, our next one, uh, a boiler explosion, took out the radio room and set the ship on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, except the boilers would have been in the back of the ship, near the stern, and I can't imagine why the radio room would have been back in the stern of the ship and not up near the bridge or even next to the bridge. So I, in a way, I could see there being some viability to this theory, Yeah. though I don't see it working on its own. There's some stuff that we're going to talk about a little farther along that uh-huh. I think could have happened in conjunction or exasperated the problem if the boiler had gone. Uh, you, mean, you mean to say exacerbated? Yeah, that word. Yeah. Uh, if the boiler had gone uh-huh. and exploded and caused structural damage that would have you know, then just set off a chain reaction of problems. But I don't think that if it was in a, in a ship that was in perfect health... And the bo- and a boiler had blown. No, I don't think that that's yeah. possible. Yeah, the uh, the thing about this this ship is too is that um, the 
the Cyclops apparently reportedly had some problems. It did. But it was still a relatively young ship. And I don't think the boilers were actually... I don't think I don't, the boilers would have been the problem. I think the boilers were in perfectly good shape. Yeah. yeah it was it's never, also... Well, I mean, I guess it's also hard to tell where your satellites are. You mean your right, antennas? Or your antennas, sorry. Yeah. Not satellites. <laughs> but, you know, when looking at the ship, there's so much structure there. I can't tell... If even if the radio room was where the bridge was, because that would make sense, right? Yeah. If your antennas are maybe in the back uh-huh. or maybe part of the structures, if something in the back did explode, regardless uh-huh. of the health of the could boilers, take out your antenna. It could, you know, without taking the radio room out. I don't yeah. know. I don't think it's good theory, but I just wanted Actually, to add that. So Joe just said something that that got me thinking, which is. The ship was young enough that the boilers, and I agreed wholeheartedly, and mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm second-guessing that, is the ship was young enough and should have been in good enough condition, and yet it had an engine problem that was significant enough that that engine had to be shut down. So mm-hmm. that could be, uh, you know, that could show a larger issue in terms of the entire propulsion system. So potentially... Mm-hmm. The boiler could have not actually been in that great of condition. I guess for me... I'm inferring the condition of one thing based on another, sure. which is not right. Well, and I'm I'm more willing to say, like, an engine that's in the water and sucking a lot of stuff through it is way more likely to have something, you know, accidentally get pulled through it or mm-hmm. get damaged and have that be an external damage that happened to it that was unfortunate, but that happens sometimes versus the boiler just being crappy and exploding you know you're not getting external stuff like if you accidentally as macabre as it is suck a dolphin through your engine i think they have filters i think they do too right but if you i mean you know that obviously that's an exaggeration but if you or anything i mean you pull anything through it even a tin can but not a dolphin Please, not a dolphin. Oh my goodness. Do we need to go back and re-record that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said a dolphin. It's you okay. have just set PETA against I us. know. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of upset people I know. Out there. But so if you, I mean, if you pull anything, you know, the filter for some reason is failing or even if it's just a tiny little thing, a tiny little rock even pulled through something like that is enough to really Screw muck it up. up. Yeah. And I don't think it would cause an explosion probably. No, I don't but, think it would cause, yeah. but I'm saying like through an engine. That's uh-huh. submerged. That makes more sense to me than you know saying, "Well, it's a problem system wide." I'm just I, I what I was inferring was the health of one component mm. is indicates the health of the entire system, and that is not a correct assumption, but that is just kind of where I went. It's a but possibility. It the uh, yeah. but yeah, that the uh, cylinder head that was cracked, if that indeed was what it was, is probably made by somebody else other than the boiler maker. Well, anyway, I, I don't like the boiler explosion theory simply because I still think the crew, even if the radio was out, would have had time to deploy the lifeboats. I agree with that. So, yeah, that's why I'm not buying this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at the very least, debris would have been found. Yeah, that's for sure. If, if the ship exploded, yeah, there, there would have been something. There'd be stuff floating around. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, the next theory is that they were torpedoed by a German U-boat, no. which was a very popular theory at the time. But uh, there's no supporting evidence. They've gone back and looked. Yeah, no. After the war, they 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 
asked the German government, the Germans, uh, who Germans, by the way, are very good at keeping records. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that kind of got Very them, good. After the Holocaust, that kind of got them in hot mm-hmm. water, actually. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And this is not a joke? Yeah. No, it's not a joke. But, yeah, I mean, that certainly was, uh, got a lot of them strung up after the war. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, back to that they had no U-boats in the area at the time of the disappearance, they said. And they had no record of sinking the, the Cyclops. And also, again, when you torpedo a ship, they usually don't just explode and, no. and, and burst into flames. Usually yeah. they, it takes a little while to sink. Yeah, and somebody and, on the bridge probably sees that ship coming. They, Even yeah. if they don't Whatever. see the shot coming, let's say it's at night, it explodes, and the ship takes a while to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should. It should. I mean, unless it just broke the ship in two, and it just like... The whoop, perfect whoop, shot. But down. even yeah. then... I mean, but there were no, we were there were no U boats in the area, yeah. so, so I mean, there were no U boats. None of this makes sense because nobody was there. Mm-hmm. Next, all right. Next theory: mutiny. <sighs> uh, yeah, no. I know. There was an article in Time magazine just last year, March of last year. Really? Yeah, uh, was speculated that the disappearance might have been a quote botched mutiny unquote. Uh, they uncovered startling new evidence that Captain Worley was disliked <laughs> by other officers. Uh, oh my goodness, what? And that we, there, had been, that. That there had been an attempted mutiny, but actually what they're doing, they're just quoting from that same telegram from David Livingston and Barbados yeah. that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go on to explain that the mutiny caused the disappearance by... Well, actually, they don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty crappy little article. Uh, yeah, it's like... They say it might have been a Bosch mutiny, and they, they don't explain exactly how. Uh, so I think we can dismiss this one. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Although I do, for entertaining reading, I would recommend that people go look up the records on uh, Worsley. Uh-huh. Because they're, it's pretty funny, some of the things that he says. And it's funny because of the time. It The language is different. So uh-huh. alcohol for medicinal reasons, but then accusing people of being sex maniacs. And so it's it's yeah. really an entertaining read. Yeah, actually it is. And yeah, when he was accused of all this stuff, he made some counter accusations yeah. himself. Yeah. And, it's, it's <laughs> and just... who knows who's right? I mean, maybe, maybe Worsley has been defamed. I don't know. Yeah, he could yeah. have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. So, so we got that. Uh, so, so much for mutiny. Let's move on to our next one. And this was uh, this was a big one at the time. Yeah, uh, I would believe that. Yeah, this is treason. Did I, did I mention earlier that Captain Worley was suspected of having pro-German sympathies? Well, you had talked about that we didn't that his name wasn't originally that, but then that was all we gave people. Yeah, uh, Worley. Yeah, Worley. As far as the Navy knew, had been born in San Francisco, but it turns out that he didn't was born in San Francisco. He jumped ship from a German ship in San Francisco. Oh. Yeah, it turns out Worley was actually born Johann Wickmann in Germany, and he jumped ship in San Francisco in 1878 and illegally entered the U.S. And eventually, sometime after that, changed his name and eventually became a, the, uh, like a ship's master or whatever you would call it and uh, captained a lot of ships and doing, you know, more or less cargo from the Far East to the U.S. What West year Coast. did he do that? Uh, jumping ship? Yeah. Uh, I believe it was 1878. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think... He was quite a young man when he did it then. Well, he was born, I think, I heard in 1862. So at the time of the, the sinking of the Cyclops, then he would have been in his mid-50s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he would have yeah. jumped ship 1516? 1516. Yeah. Which is about... That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. He, was, he turned out to be a German. They found this out after the, after the boat went missing. One of the passengers who joined at the last minute was Alfred Gottschalk, who was the U.S. Consul General in Brazil at that time. But he uh, supposedly quit his job 
and said that he wanted to go back to the States and enlist to go fight the Germans. Although other people said that he was very pro-German. And also, it was suspected there were a lot of other German sympathizers in the crew. David Livingston, again, the Council General in Barbados, and it sent his telegram to the State Department, said, quote, Have names of crew, but not of all the officers and passengers. Many Germanic names appear while not uh, having... While that's not, our deductive reasoning. There you go. While not having any definite grounds, I fear fate worse than sinking, unquote. And, of course, I talked about his suspicions about, about the extra stuff that he took on board in Barbados. And, that would, and in fact, if they did intend to sail across the Atlantic to Germany and turn the Cyclops and its cargo over to the Germans, this would kind of explain the unscheduled stop in Barbados to pick up the extra coal and the extra food and, and, and everything. Yeah. According to David Livingston's telegram, uh, the Cyclops took on a ton of meat, a ton of flour, half a ton of vegetables, and so, to him, it looked like Worley was planning extended cruise. Like he was super, he was stocking up. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, he also took on another 600 tons of coal. So that was Livingston's suspicion. And also, I read this in an old, uh, an old article in Popular Science that uh, the Navy, uh, some, at some point, got, and this was before the end of the war, they got word from an agent in Germany that he had seen the Cyclops in Kiel, Germany. Oh, so really? That, that also fuels suspicions. Yeah. Uh, and they followed up on that. It turned out to be a German ship that just happened to be named Cyclops. It, mm. wasn't, it wasn't our Cyclops. <laughs> it wasn't our Cyclops. Yeah, it wasn't our Cyclops. Uh, and there was another rumor that the Navy got a letter from a POW in Germany who said that he had talked to several members of the Cyclops crew in his POW camp in Germany. Mm. I'm kind of discounting that one. And so this could have happened. I mean, maybe, but the reason I don't really buy into this one, even though it was a very popular one at the time, it would seem to me to be very foolhardy to try to cross the Atlantic with only one engine functioning. I would say more I, than foolhardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very gentle term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, again, there's no, there was actually no reason to suspect either Worley's loyalties or Gottschalk's loyalties or all the rest of those Germanic people that were in the crew. I think that the Cyclops would have been in much greater danger if they had sailed across because they might have, they might have run into a U-boat. Yeah. And they would have been a juicy target. They would have had no way. U-boats don't radio over, are you a friendly? Yeah. They no. just shoot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, yeah. well, also, I mean, if you, look at the, if you look at the profile of the Cyclops, you know, they have these things called ship profile charts. Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and the Germans look and they say, is there anything in the German Navy that looks like that? Nope. Okay. Kill them. And that's <laughs> what they did. Also, uh, well, Cyclops had a really distinctive look, and it certainly would have been spotted in whatever port it wound up in, uh, unless the crew... It would have stood out like a sore thumb. Oh, hell yeah. And, and, of course, the Germans would have had to kill everybody on the ship who wasn't pro-German, since nobody ever turned up again. Uh, the records don't show this, although maybe they would have covered that up. I don't know. It probably is kind of important to point out that the Germans... The Germans of World War One weren't quite like the Germans of World War Two. No, it's completely <laughs> different mentality. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, I don't think they would have committed mass murder you know, of civilians. No, that no, wasn't no. that wasn't on the docket. Mm, so I think we can discount that one. I don't think that's what happened. I think we need to discount the next one too. But go ahead and tell people. Well, yeah. Well, uh, this one has been floated also that there were German a German agent or agents on the ship. And they committed sabotage. They basically planted a bomb or numerous bombs. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve has his notebook out, but I'm not sure if it's about this one or the next one. Oh, it's for the next one. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So he's yes. 
Okay, so anyway, so they, 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 they plant time bombs, sabotage the radio, hop in a lifeboat, and row away, and then the ship goes bluey and goes down. No. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, also, what did they do with the lifeboat? What did they do with the lifeboat? Yeah. Uh, they uh, got to some... And got, sank it. Got somewhere, and then they sank it. Yeah, and, yeah. maybe. Burned it. Yeah, or Burn maybe... Or maybe that was that uh, that wreckage that that guy found on Gun Key mm. two years later. The cyclo. The cyclo. They'd taken the cyclo. some white paint trying to paint over the name, but they didn't have enough. Yeah. Mm. They'd left the extra can on the ship. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. 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 No, what's next? Our next one is actually a little more credible. Um, uh, this essentially is that a combination of things, bad weather, uh, poorly loaded cargo, and just bad design uh, caused the boat to roll over, take on water, and just sink suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the that was the U.S. Navy's official theory uh, pretty recently after after that. And that, that but although they they have stressed that they don't really know. Uh, first of all, the Cyclops was overloaded. It's believed that the cargo was not well trimmed, and that there was. Explain to people what you mean by well trimmed. Oh yes, yeah, well please. trimmed. Yeah, yeah, well trimmed. <laughs> uh, when a ship is out of trim, that means that. Uh, well, in this case, it's it, tipping forward or back, left or right. Exactly, the ship is the it's ship not is not setting centered, balanced. Yeah, exactly, balanced. It's the same thing by trim. Okay, all these nautical terms. Yeah. One yeah. thing that people point to this. This is another thing that Worley gets a bad rap for. Yeah. Is he was known for being a jerk and locking up or confining to quarters the experienced man uh-huh. as yeah. retribution for some slight mm-hmm. and putting the guy who wasn't very good at the job in his place. Yeah. Yeah. So there's you'll see people say that was directly at his his fault, but uh-huh. we don't know that for sure. Yeah, I've heard it both ways. I have heard, uh, like, for example, the Wikipedia page on this particular thing claims that the uh, the guy who would have been in charge of supervising this, who was much more experienced in supervising the loading of the, of mm-hmm. the manganese coal, was confined to quarters, and a much less experienced crew member was, was actually supervising the loading. But then I heard from another very credible source that the Cyclops was loaded under the supervision of Captain Worley himself and also a guy from the Brazilian coaling company named Manuel Pereira, uh, and, I guess I'll know, just bring up quickly that uh, just that just because you're the captain of a ship doesn't mean you know how it should be loaded. No, yeah, true. Although, right? I mean, guy... like I don't know that necessarily the pilot of a plane could look at a cargo hold and be like, "Yeah, that's right." Well, the no. one thing I will point out about Orly is he had been doing this job long enough that you know that like we talked about before there was the uh, the the failed mutiny and ice and all of those things that happened and he had been brought under scrutiny, but he never got kicked out of his job for the very basic reason of nobody else could fill his shoes. Nobody else knew how to pilot, or I shouldn't say pilot, but captain Mm -hmm. this particular brand of beast. But just because you know how to drive the thing doesn't mean you know how to load it. That's true. Just as a side I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to say either way, because I've never had to load a cargo ship. (laughs) Yeah. I I can barely load stuff in my car. But yeah, but it's that same thing, right? It's like, I don't know if just because you can captain a thing, if it means you know what it would look like when it's loaded right. So just if, even if he did oversee the loading of it, doesn't necessarily mean it was loaded right. 
Yeah, no, not necessarily, no. But uh, and again, uh, most of his experience and this guy named Man- Manuel Pereira of the Brazilian coaling company, those guys were used to dealing with coal and not with manganese. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a completely different critter. Yeah, totally. manganese is twice as dense as coal, mm-hmm. and which means that you know normally if you you fill up the hole of the cyclops, the hold, mm-hmm. uh, you're filling it all up. You're filling it all the way up with coal. Right. And so cargo shifting is not a problem, but since you're only filling it up about halfway or a bit, maybe two thirds at the most, then the, the the cargo has moved has room to move around. Is it, this may be a silly question, but coal I assume is like bricks of coal. Well, right? it's like rocks, you know, kind sure. of like, yeah. but manganese. Like, how's that uh, transported? Also chunks. Yeah, chunks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, chunks sure. of ore. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's it's not going to fill the entire space. Right. So I it's just, going it's to have just, the ability to shift. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, and I should also mention something else. Uh, the ship was top-heavy because of the superstructure, mm-hmm. all, all that whole framework and the cranes and everything like that. That's a lot of weight really high up in the air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so in rough seas, that like might, you might expect in the Bahamas for, yeah. to, for me to try and I, I always, th- this makes me, th- if you try to, understand what the problem is is have you ever seen the the drinking bird that silly little yeah. thing that people have on their desk which is yeah. water on the bottom and then a tall long tube and then a weight on the yeah. top that's but the nobody head? has those on their desks anywhere but yes okay yeah, that well, was that was a thing 20 30 40 years 40. ago okay so yeah. i have yeah. one shut up okay. the point is <laughs> that this the way this ship is with that weight only filling part of its hold is exactly like the drinking bird if you tap the bottom it's going to very easily roll because there's a ton of weight up high and a ton of weight up low down low mm. but nothing in the middle to stabilize yeah and um it, it's just nobody knows exactly how well they did how well they did loaded the, the yeah. thing and I'll, i've got a quote here i was gonna uh, this guy named alfred p wreck uh, R-E-C-K. Tell me. Wrote he, about the wreck. He, does he write about undersea wrecks? Yeah, well, he wrote about God, this wreck. Of course. Uh, yeah, he wrote this long article in the June 1929 issue of Popular Science uh, called Strangest American Sea Mystery is Solved at Last. Longest article title ever yeah. in Popular Science. Not yeah. Not at all. No. Uh, so he actually got access to Navy documents from the investigation, uh, and he quotes from one report, quote, 10,835 tons of manganese stowed direct on wood dunnage and bottom of hold. Reports differ as to whether cargo was trimmed level or left somewhat higher in the middle. Inclined to latter belief. Vessel also had 4,000 tons of water, mostly in double bottom. So far as ascertained, no steps taken to prevent increasing of metacentric height, governing top heaviness, and this must have been com- considerably increased. Yeah, that's unquote. not a good way to load that. Yeah, no. If they, if that, that is a big question. He seems the, this investigator. So basically, he's saying the weight was put at almost the water line, so yeah. that it would make the the center of the ship the pivot point. Is that what that says? Well, I, I think I think what he's saying is that the is that by piling it high in the center, because if you do just dump it in there and you don't spread it around, then and you've got a and you've got a higher in the middle okay. of the sides. Okay, so it's a cone almost. Then that, that raises your center of gravity. Got it. Yeah, and I think increase also the possibility of cargo shifting mm-hmm. because if it well, was... Well, and it's unsecured, right? We're saying yeah. basically in my image, right, they have this big old hold that's with just like a Big tub, old cavity. Yeah, with a right? pile of ore in it. With a pile of ore in it, and they're like, that's fine, whatever, this is cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it were full 
and you would have your canvas over it or whatever if it were coal. Yeah. Right? It's not going to shift around really that no. much. You're fine. But if yeah. it's only half full, yeah. you say, oh, whatever, we throw the canvas over it. You hit a wave. Most of it goes flying one way or the other. Yeah. You're... You're out of luck. Like, that's you're, you're bad news. You're out of trim. News. You're going to roll. It's really well, bad news, especially if you're top-heavy. Yeah. Because you're just going to keep going. It yeah. kind of depends, too. I mean, if, there's such a thing as rogue waves. Um, yeah, if you hit a rogue wave, If you hit the rogue wave, hits you, hits you broadside. Um, and also, again, uh, the other thing we don't know is is what kind of shape their, their functioning engine was in. I mean, it could have quit. And yeah. if you're in a storm with in heavy seas and suddenly you've got no power, you're really screwed. Even if you only have half power, even if you only have power on one side. Yeah, that's true. It'd be hard. And a rogue wave hits you on the other side and all your cargo goes, whoops. So Uh let's talk about the storms because I've heard conjecture that there was and was not storms during their time. So what what is the official official prognosis? Was there storms yeah there was, there was a storm route. there was there was most definitely a storm i think that uh, one of the guys that has put out this idea that there was it was all calm and sunny and nice is this guy whose name eludes me and besides which i don't want to give him publicity anyway okay but uh he was promoting the whole bermuda triangle you know oh. scary stuff okay i'm so, fine with ignoring that thing. yeah okay. so he's all like it was calm and sunny but no there, it was it's well documented that yeah, storm warnings went out on, on late on march 9th 1918 uh, March 10th, uh, the winds were, the winds got up to like 60 miles an hour. Swells were huge. Uh, this is re- reported again by that molasses tanker that we were talking about, the Amolco. Um, mm-hmm. they passed through the same storm and the captain himself said that he was certain that that storm sank the Cyclops. He, his, his boat, of, or I shouldn't say his boat, his ship. The Amalco suffered $150,000 in damage from the storm. And, uh, and again, this is 1918, so that's real money. Yeah. I know it's chump change today, but... Yeah. <laughs> that's real money. Yeah, that's yeah. real money back in those days. Yeah, so, uh, I, so there can, was a storm. Let's talk about the storm angle here for a second. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about with the storm is for ships that are this big and, and larger, I started doing some research on cargo container ships. And I've heard about this, but for the life of me, I couldn't find the name of the ship or the the suit that was involved with it. But the the common perception and, and understanding of how to deal in a large ship in a big storm is to stay in the trough. You don't want to be, you know, running up and down the peak of waves. You want to try and stay in the troughs as much as possible. It's kind of hard to do that sometimes. It is hard to do that, but there's, you know, to a degree, it it prevents, you know, a cargo container ships that are super crazy tall, and they don't want to roll around. And so there's ways Mm. to go about that, and there was this common perception of the best way to do it. And this was, I think, five or ten years ago, a ship went down and the insurance company was like, no, we're not paying out your claim. Your guys obviously didn't do what they were supposed to. So they got some very smart people involved who started figuring it out. And what they determined actually happened is if the winds are at the right speed and the waves are at actually the right uh, duration apart... 
the common way to approach of trying to stay in the trough doesn't work. Instead, it creates this, this frequency of roll, which very quickly escalates and will roll a ship over. So it's a thing that, you know, everybody on board is not aware of. It just, it just a little bit, a little bit, and then it just builds and accelerates and will roll a ship. I've heard about this phenomenon. Yeah. And so that's why I I wonder with a ship that's as top heavy as the Cyclops in a sea where they're like, oh, well, no, let's, but we definitely don't want to be rolling over the top of that big wave and back down the next one. Let's try and stay in between them. They could have got themselves into a scenario where that, that frequency would have happened and would have rolled the whole thing, which would then would explain everything's okay. Everything's okay. We're on our side and we're under. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my time on a cruise ship. Um, oh, going to play the <laughs> cruise Kevin's ship card again. Yeah, my nautical experience. Yeah. No, uh, one of the things they train you about is like, if you're in rough seas, if you start taking on water, you're SOL. An inch of water is what they always told us. And this could be totally wrong, but all it takes is an inch of water on your like middle deck and as soon as that starts hitting your it's way gonna increase it's going to increase it so much so they always said to us yeah the most effective way to like survive a storm is to drive around it yes like, yeah if there's run away a from storm it. you run away as oh, fast you... as you can oh yeah no i'm a coward you i would run away every time absolutely do but you just go you know you you try to hit as far as the edge as you can and then you just kind of just try to ride it out and, but if you can't... Right, but the other thing that I will say is that from where they were going, especially since they were I mean, they were in the Bahamas, right? It was documented they were... No, they were in Barbados. Barbados. Yeah. That I mean, it's not like wildly open seas out there. No. You know, it's like, it's one thing if you're doing an Atlantic crossing and you're like, okay, we're screwed. Yeah. There's this huge storm. We're going to ride the trough and just hope for the best. But, but it's another to be going up the Atlantic coast. Like, well, they weren't really, but they were going, they weren't up, going the up the coast. Actually, Barbados is actually... They just go straight up? Is almost directly south of um, what, Bar- uh, Baltimore. It's almost... I mean, it's not yeah. exactly, but it's almost... But you don't necessarily... I mean, there are shipping lines. Like, you don't... You're not just like, but I don't know, there's a straight line here, so we're going to take that. You ride the currents. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly and what... And I don't know I don't what, what yeah, it was. I don't know what their course but was I would, exactly. But I would guess it's not... Let's go all it, the way out to the open sea. And then back they in. well, they would have been pretty much out in the open sea, but I, I'm you know they could have gone straight as an arrow. They probably sort of veered towards the coast and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They they weren't like hugging the coast. No, no, no. Like I that. don't mean like right up they on were in it. The open but ocean. It, you're also not like you know seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred miles out mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean where you can't go around things. You can't just drop anchor and try to ride it out. Or whatever you do. But it is. It's it's one of those things where it's just like once you're out there, you're out there and you're done. Yeah, and... they could have very easily run around a storm. But yeah. then again, they may not have had the power to run around it's a storm. Totally true, too. Yeah. On a, on a single engine, yeah. Yeah. they may have looked at it and yeah. said, oh, hell. Yeah. But as I'm saying, you know, if, if an inch of water will make a difference, oh, yeah. imagine what a half full 
whole a really dense oh, material yeah. do for no, you. Absolutely. If it's swaying back and forth, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't you're know done. How. And yeah. the waves don't even have to be that big. Yeah, no, no. There, they there really was, don't. Yeah, it's been said that uh, if you get water into the hold, and, done. And, and, and you get water into the hold, and apparently it makes the manganese much more slippery and I it becomes a slurry and it'll mm-hmm. just slide back and forth. Mm-hmm. Just turns into gel, basically. Yeah. Well, and, not quite that, but, well, but still. Essentially. Yeah. It'll be a lot more mobile than it would be if it was dry. Yeah. Okay, so the cargo ship Rogue wave, top heavy, all that stuff. That's that theory. Any more thoughts, you guys? Or no. You yeah. No. I, I mean, I, I mean, this is actually a viable theory. It's one of the more viable theories that I've seen. The the rogue wave slash cargo shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and by the way, did we we didn't say what a rogue wave is? Yeah, rogue wave is a, it's like this this wave that's kind of had a bad upbringing. <laughs> uh, it's uh, uh, yeah. on the wrong side of the track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, rogues waves are just out of the blue, obsce- uh, abnormally yeah, large. High. Yeah, and they happen. They uh, do. They do. Yeah, I mean... But, uh, you know, if you're not expecting it and it suddenly washes over the deck of your ship, it's going to cause a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they do happen. And so, especially in things like storms, you get yeah. big waves. You got to have a few that are extra big waves. All right, but so much for that theory. I think it's a, a very strong possibility. And uh, But let's look at our last theory, which says that it was a design flaw in the, the ship itself. Which has uh, some good legs to stand on. Uh, it kind of does, yeah. There was, uh, as I said earlier, the ships in the class, there were four of them, they all met a bad end. Uh, one of them, the Jupiter was converted to an aircraft carrier, and it became the Langley. It was the first aircraft carrier built by the U.S. Navy. It was damaged by a Japanese attack in World War II in 1942 in the Pacific, and uh, it was scuttled by the crew. And uh, so there's no mystery there. But the other two, Proteus and Nereus, uh, left St. Thomas Virgin Islands in November and December 1941, respectively. They were both headed to Canada with loads of bauxite ore, and both of them vanished without a trace. Also. Also, with just exactly like the Cyclops. They just vanished. But they're somehow not mysteries. Yeah, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a pattern there. I, yeah, for some reason, the Cyclops is the big mystery. But Interesting. Proteus is it because they had, is it like a racist thing? Like it's because they had a German captain, the Cyclops? It's pro- That could be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, bauxite bauxite is used to make aluminum, Correct. and it's not yeah. nearly as volatile under wet conditions as manganese. Is that correct? I have no idea, to be honest with you. Okay, I yeah. I remember reading about bauxite just because it was weird, and it related to last week's episode with Bob Marley because it's something that comes from Jamaica. But yeah. I didn't remember if there was the slurry effect with it. Mm, yeah, this I'm not really sure about. Okay. Yeah, but uh, it has been suggested that, that maybe the cargo ship isn't the deal and what it was is they all suffered catastrophic structural failure due to corrosion from coal dust oh uh-huh. yeah yeah actually. yeah exactly yeah right okay, yeah. okay. So it's kind of bad and yeah. nasty and toxic yeah yeah okay yeah 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 so and, the, you said you found a quote yeah 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 i found okay. a quote from a, a study called corrosion and mild steel by coal and iron ore which is this quote a pronounced increase in corrosion rate was observed at a moisture content between 60% and 80% of the maximum water holding capacity for all samples. The corrosion rate was also observed to increase with decreasing particle size distribution, meaning that the finer the dust, the nastier the corrosion. Mm. And uh, you're going to find a lot of moisture and a lot of coal dust on the Cyclops and also on the Proteus and Nereus. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they, they were all called floating rust buckets. Yeah, and they weren't that old. I mean, no. yeah. they weren't that. They, but, but yeah, a, a crewman that was on the Cyclops who was, was 
got off of it before they sank. Lucky man. Yeah, I said it was in terrible shape. Uh, well, I would also explain maybe why an engine. Yeah. Not, you know, at that point, if something had corroded there. Yeah. I, yeah, and there have been other instances of not just ships in this class, but of freighters snapping in two. Mm-hmm. And these two, uh, these three boats were, uh, excuse me, ships were very long. And uh, now, how did they. And the hold was in the middle. Yeah. Well, and, and, and how did they seal the hold? With canvas. With oh, canvas covered. <laughs> so, you know, obviously water got in there and mixed in with the coal dust and rusted the hell out of everything. Every yeah. time it rained. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so between this, between it being structurally compromised and going through a really heavy season of storm, it's not hard to imagine no, it just snapped in two. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and bam. Uh, I, Which I isn't think, something you really want to think about if yeah. you've ever really been on any kind of ship. Yeah. Any kind of vehicle. I don't want to think about corrosion and snapping. I don't either. That's why we don't do that with coal anymore, right? We don't power our cars with coal anymore. Well, that, and it turned out that, yes, yes, Devin, that is exactly why. Okay, cool. Good reason. Yeah. By the way, cruise ships these days, they're not coal powered, I know. No, I told you, they're electric. We plug them in. But they have a ridiculously shallow drafts, and I know they do this so they can get into harbors and stuff like that, but I mean. Some of them do. Not all. Of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, just... And there are stabilizers, and there's lots of technology. Oh, really? Because yeah, I was just mm-hmm. I was just wondering about that. But could... no, I mean, it did, the bigger the ship, the obviously the deeper. Yeah, yeah. The draft, the, the draft. and uh, the ones that make the cross Atlantic journey have are way. But you know, most ships don't do that. Hmm. Most of the cruise ships these days, they just kind of hug the coast and stop a lot of places. Even the ones that. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know our listeners like to listen to me talk about cruise ships sometimes, but I'm not going to go too far. No, it's not that yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Actually, one they, of these they seem to like it. So one of these days we're going to have one of those cruise ship junkets where you can you can take a cruise with the the cast of Thinking Sideways podcast. For Except like a for mirror. it'll be just Joe and Steve because Dad is not going back on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not going back in there, man. All right, we're gonna we're gonna hire an actress to play Devin. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's Scarlett Johansson, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I'm all out of theories, unfortunately. I know you'd like to go on with this forever. Do you guys well, have but, any more thoughts this actually, on this, this theory about makes a breaking lot of sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, okay, so we've got a slight, we've got a compromised structure mm-hmm. inter, because of the coal dust, and it's eroding everything. And if you're in heavy seas, and the waves are far enough apart, yeah. and they're rising, so the bow and the stern are being lifted, but the middle of the ship is no longer supported by as much water, that weight is going to make it snap. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if, if suddenly the superstructure, well, the internal structure is weakened, yeah. It's not gonna, but it probably It's did. much more likely. And. Again, given that uh, the two sister ships both disappeared equally as suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Kind of I guess, would you explain why yeah. nobody could radio? The only, yeah, I don't know. Does it, though? Like, I, I mean, we were just talking about, like, the Titanic, right? It took it, it suffered a very catastrophic event and mm-hmm. still took hours for that thing to sink. Once it snapped, yeah. though... It didn't take hours. Yeah, if it snapped, if it snapped in two, it went down really fast. And here's the deal: how fast? Though? Like, yeah, that's like the thing a, is... a couple minutes, a couple. Well, right? it, it's not yeah. as if it a couple would just seconds? snap. And it's not, it's not a cartoon. It's not where it goes whoop 
bloop and go right. straight down. It's going to roll over on itself and the bridge is going to go underwater. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's and therefore no no radio yeah. contact. Although if oh, you're hitting yeah. seas that rough maybe you like the last contact with the cyclops right was like that's good weather. We're good. Thank yeah. you. Right. I, mean, I got a bottle seems, of sherry. We're it fine. It seems like the sort of thing, if you hit rough seas, you would say like, hey, everybody out there in the radio world, just so you know, it's really rough out here. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what the rules were then. I mean, it was, I don't either. It, it was because it was wartime. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't want to just be broadcasting willy nilly because no, but you also might if pick you're, up your transmission and But if you're on swells on that big, you probably do want to let. Yeah. I don't right? know. Even you, you even don't really want your enemies to be caught in something like that. And well, if you ship this uh, out there even, that. they're going to get uh, screwed just as hard as you are. They're not going to torpedo you. You're, they're going to be like, well, I guess we better survive this thing for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It could, but I remember, like, also radios weren't as reliable back in yeah, those no, days. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, it might have been, like, in the, the, the case of Joyita, that mm-hmm. maybe they had, a, had something out, like an mm-hmm. antenna was down, and they didn't re- even realize yeah. it, and yeah. they're busy broadcasting, and nothing is getting out. Absolutely. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, no, there are a lot of options here, and I... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally happy to agree with you that it probably was some horrible mixture of rough seas and rust. That... Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but it would uh, be a great band name, by the way. Rough seas and rust. Yeah, oh, Should, I like no, it. that's already yeah. my band name. I'm just trying to like oh. sneak it's it. A girl in there. band name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Cyclops was a huge deal back in like the 1920s. It was a, one of the, one of those huge unsolved mysteries that just captivated everybody's attention. Uh, eventually... Well, because it's it's kind of like the Titanic. It's too big to sink. Yeah, I know. And and uh, and then it sort of faded. But then along came this whole idea of the Bermuda Triangle. Back in the 1920s and 1910s, nobody knew about the Bermuda Triangle. It didn't exist. Nobody had invented the story. Exactly. So, of course not. Yeah, and so interest in the Cyclops got revived because of that. And uh, and so it's still with us today. I mean, I I found articles uh, from 2015, 2014, 2013 on the internet about it. People are still writing about it. It's, Wait, it's, about the Cyclops or the the Bermuda Triangle? About the Cyclops. Oh, okay. About the Bermuda Triangle. Also, I was just saying obviously. we're never going to get rid of that story, which oh, is no, the Bermuda no. Triangle. But... Oh no, no, but but they're, yeah, they're still writing about it. And and the thing that really revived it was all this interest in the Bermuda Triangle. And, Got uh, it. And the Cyclops, you know, as far as we know, wasn't even in the Bermuda Triangle when it sank. Yeah. If indeed it sank, it might indeed have been transported to Germany or picked up by the Martians. I was going to say, it might have been in the Bermuda Octagon. Yeah, it could it have been. It might be on the vast oceans of Mars. Yeah, it could be. Curiosity. Yeah. Well, isn't it um, we'll Neptune it. that it turns out is totally water? Under the surface. No, it's a, that's it's not a thick Neptune. Crust of... It's not Neptune. It is a moon. It's Io. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it Io? It's yeah, Io. Yeah. Yeah. Io it's is all on ice on the top and liquid underneath. It's probably yeah. there. Nice to know that we've got a fresh reserve of water if we use up all the water on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. How the hell did I yeah. remember that? I don't know. But anyway, yeah. what, good. Are We're we best. done? Do uh, we have more here? What's going no, on? No, that's, that's it for the theories. Uh, you oh know, I think God. that one of these days the wreckage of the Cyclops will be found, uh, and, and we, we have a pretty good idea where it is, although I maybe... actually doubt that, Joe. You think you don't think it's in the if Mariana Trench? If this thing trench. was as much of a rust bucket as they say it was when it went down to the point that it's... It, it, let's just say it snapped in half... That thing is, our, that steel is so compromised, I can't see it surviving another 50 years in salt water. Here, yeah. are, wherever. What was that? <laughs> 
<laughs> My heart will go on. Uh, good job. No. I'm sure. Just no, like Celine. the Titanic. Just like the Titanic, we will find the Cyclops. We will. I think so. Uh, the, if it's near or far, wherever it is. Okay. My yeah. heart will go on. No, I was I was gonna I was gonna just give a like ask our listeners to start a Kickstarter campaign to raise for funds to for us to go because we have the latitude and longitude of where Dean Hawes saw his wreck. Yeah, you know what? You know? No, could, no, yeah. no. We have to go further than that. We have to go to all of the different K's in the Bahamas. We oh, gotta go to now, Brazil. Oh yeah, 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 that's a okay good point. With that. I'm that just is, saying, no. whatever he saw, I don't care. We have to start at the source. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you are right. So you guys, uh, yeah, raise some more funds. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Additional to funds. that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, send uh, us to Brazil. Yeah, it's an extra. It's an extra for like waxes and stuff like that and bathing suits. Oh, anyway, we uh, are a hairy bunch. That's yeah, true. Yeah, for sure. Except for Steve's head. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, thanks. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. We can wax your head. All right. What do you want to go for? You want to go for the doctor? You want to go for breaking in two? I, I think we got a clean one on breaking in two. So after breaking in two, uh, yeah, the doctor. The doctor. I always go with the doctor. I, yeah, me too. I think it rolled. You think it rolled? You're you don't, you don't think it broke? You don't think it broke in two? I think that it may have begun to break once it rolled, but I have a few. I just feel like it rolled over. All right. Well, second, my second theory after the doctor is breaking in two. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's rolling. Yeah. Whichever. No, I'm, I'm going to go with the design flaw. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've yeah. obviously settled on an exact answer. Yeah. All right. The doctor. Yeah. The doctor. Uh, yeah. So you're at vote two out of three. Doctor Who. Enough of this tomfoolery. Um, so, folks. Uh, if you don't know where to find us and get your episodes, we are at thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, where you can download episodes, uh, and you can also leave comments, and there, we'll have links out there, so we'll, have, we'll post some links to this one. And also, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, if you do, please subscribe and leave us a review and a rating, hopefully really good review and rating. You can stream us from all over the interwebs. We are also on Facebook. Of course. You, yeah. So like us, follow us, and join the group. You don't want to, you know, we, we have a group out there, so that's, that's, that's where all the action is. Uh, and, of course, we are on Twitter. Who's not on the Twitter, right? Well, that, that, that is thinking sideways. Uh, not thinking, but thinking. And uh, we're also, if you want to send us a message, we are on Gmail. That's thinking sideways. <laughs> the Gmail. Yeah. We are on the Gmail at thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a subreddit. I don't know how you find it. Good luck. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Good luck, folks. (laughs) Uh, And lastly, we are on Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash thinking sideways. That's if you want to support the show. And it's totally optional, of course. But if you want to pledge a certain amount per episode, we do appreciate it for everybody who is participating. Thank you very much. Yeah, Yeah, there's lots of people who have, and we really appreciate it because we do have expenses, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And bribes must be paid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gotta uh, yeah. pay off Theodore Bundy. Yeah, pretty much. Theodore Bundy, Chupi has to be paid protection money. Hey, how month. come? How come Chupi never made an appearance in this episode? Why? Why is he not the culprit? He got... doesn't want to be anymore. Do you? Did you miss that meeting? Do you miss that email thread? Uh, Chupi doesn't talk to me anymore. Oh. Well, well, no, Chupi. You... Chupi has an alibi. Uh, yeah, Chupi, yeah. Chupi actually was in Europe scaring the pants off the natives at the time. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Although, Making them pee their pants. Yeah, although he might have farmed the workout. You never know. I mean, there's no saying Chupi can't he hire can, a could subcontractor. He could be a contractor. You yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay. Oh, All so right, are we so done? We got, we're done? I guess we're done. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. Oh, God. Ah. Hey, this is a very solemn subject. Can't be laughing about it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Everybody, toodaloo. Be careful what ship you get on. Like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, like what it did for him. 